You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome back to the Comics Hall. Oh, my goodness. This is volume two. They didn't reboot or retcon us. This is year two of the Comics Hall. We are kicking off 2021 with a recap of the best of 2020 as voted by you, the fans. So if you don't like it, take it up with yourselves. But before (laughs) we get into that, we do have a lovely moderator in our chat today. You can uh, talk to her. So do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Hi, everybody. Jasmine here. We're live on Twitch in the Let Your Geek Sideshow Facebook group on our Facebook page on Instagram. So enjoy the show. And it's nice to see you all again. Oh, my goodness. Getting back on on a bicycle after... How many weeks away? This is very exciting. Um, Lots of new books that dropped this week, and we actually couldn't cover all of them this week because we are doing our recap. So if you do want to see what Paul and I pulled this week, uh, you can check out our Instagram story first and foremost. But we will run through a quick list of the biggest hits for this week, Mm -hmm. and some of them might make an appearance on next week's show, depending on how things go. So, Paul, you want to kick us off with the new book releases this week? I sure do. I'm going to, of course, because, well, if you know this, but I kind of like DC a little bit. Uh, DC had some huge releases today. Um, Not only did they start a next, a huge event, but we've got the end of a year almost a you know almost like a 13 month event in dc death metal number seven comes out today we've also got generation shattered with sort of picks up some pieces from uh dark knight's death metal number two and some other stories that we've seen um but of course future state starts today you've got uh harley quinn wonder woman swamp thing uh the next batman and superman of metropolis are the current future state books that are out right now oh and the flash is out right now um so there are are quite a few books out there right now if you are interested uh we're again we're bringing the our rapid fire round at the top of the show because we're not actually covering any new books today but we still want to make sure you're all prepared yeah and i'm actually really excited about those future state books that may be one of the first few times you guys see me on this show reviewing dc stuff because i have titles from this (laughs) week and i've got some of the ones that are coming out next week very very excited to jump on some of those uh next up we do have marvel very few new new releases on the on the level of dc but they are still hugely impactful and for you variant comic book cover uh crazies out there marvel delivered this week uh first and foremost they've got the long anticipated launch of the eternals number one by kieran gillen and isad mm-hmm. rivik and there are like 40 variant covers paul and i each grabbed a different one you can see that on our instagram story at yep. the comics hall um <laughs> Oh my goodness. And they've even got a nice page in the back that has a collection of some of the variants so you can see what other covers are out there. Speaking of variants as well, uh, if you are watching our live show right now, right behind me, I do have a picture of uh, Return of the Valkyries, number one. This is a new number one miniseries uh, tie-in for the King in Black event. This is by, um, I believe, a newcomer artist, Nina Va- uh, Nina Vaknueva and... Um, Jason Aaron and Torin Groenbeck, who have previously collaborated on the Jane Foster Valkyrie series. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. There are about seven variant covers for this uh, issue. I only picked up four of them this week. But what are you going to do? And then, of course, we do have Star Wars High Republic number one, which, Paul, yes. you picked that up, right? I, I did. And uh, Star Wars High Republic, it it's a, a huge uh, new uh, step for well uh, forward, but 
backwards in the <laughs> Star Wars universe uh, that is being released on multiple uh, mediums. In there's one in novel form that was just released. There is a, a manga that was just released as well, and the uh, comic book version or corner of the New High Republic series of Phase One, because they have this going to be released in three phases. Is Star Wars: The High Republic number one? Awesome. We also do have a couple of indie darlings out this week. Uh, take Keep an eye out for crossover number three. Don't let yourself get spoiled. But this is the first time yeah. that we see some of the actual comic book characters who live inside <laughs> of the dome. There's a really cool, uh, speaking of variants, there's a really cool spawn variant for it this week. I picked up the mm -hmm. normal cover, but uh, don't let yourself get spoiled on what is going down mm -hmm. in crossover three because it is picking up. And then another of uh, Paul's enjoyed titles, Knock em Dead number two from Aftershock Comics. Go get it. It's good. There are so many books out this week. We'll bring yes. you some of these and uh, new releases for next week. Next week when we get back to our normal uh, book of the week format. But mm -hmm. before we launch into our recap of this last incredible year, uh, we do have a giveaway going on right now on our Instagram channel. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul, do you want to explain a little bit more about that? I sure do. So uh, this giveaway is slightly different. Thank you, Chris. So we're going to be giving away the Daredevil Shadowland six scale figure by a little company called Sideshow Collectibles. Um, now, this giveaway, I believe, goes until the 9th. Now, uh, this is not uh, a Gleam giveaway. We're not pushing you to uh, you know, follow a link and, and do all sorts of things uh, like we have on our other ones. This one's real simple, and it's only available on our Instagram. And uh, I would go now because those comments and such, they are already going wild. So all you got to do is like, comment, follow, you got to tag a friend, and then we did ask you a question of which run of Daredevil do you th is your personal favorite. So you do all those things, and it's an entry into the uh, Daredevil Shadowland six scale figure. And again, that goes till the ninth, and we'll we'll pick a we'll we'll pick a winner as soon as possible. Yeah, and that is a highly limited edition variant of our standard oh, yeah. sold out, long sold out uh, Daredevil six scale figure. Beautiful, beautiful piece. I love that he's got the multiple configurations of his billy clubs. Uh, oh, yeah. So if you're a fan of the Shadowland series, if you're a fan of Daredevil in general, you're going to want to check that out. And again, that is at the Comics Hall on Instagram, and it is our mm -hmm. first post right now, or our most recent post. Yep. So you guys can check that out. But now it's the moment that you guys have all been waiting for. Over the last couple of weeks, we have asked you numerous times to yes. lend your voices to our best of 2020 poll. We had eight different categories for you guys to vote on, and these are our first nominees and, and and inducted winners into what I like to call the Comics Hall of Fame. This is mm -hmm. one full year around the sun. Uh, amazing books. There were some challenges in the publishing and output of books earlier in the year, but every publisher, all the artists, creators, writers, distributors, retailers uh, managed to succeed in this year, really bring some amazing content and still get comic books to people, even in different uh, formats in safe and, and new and engaging ways. So totally. we wanted to celebrate that. We also wanted to check in with you guys because I mean, Paul and I have our clear favorites all the time. <laughs> And, and you guys get to hear about that a lot. But we wanted to know what you guys were into. So we have tallied up the votes. Lots of great responses. Uh, and we have counted down in our, in our eight categories, which are best writer, best artist, best cover artist, top three publishers. So we didn't want to declare one the best, but we asked people how much... Uh, from each publisher did you read this year? So right. which which ones came out on top? Uh, best comic book event for the year, best new series, best continuing series, and best adapted media. So something that isn't a comic book, but it is based on a comic book. Right. So uh, let's just get right in with our best writer. Who is our best writer for 2020? 
our, the best writer as voted by all of you is James Tynan IV. Um, very, very, very well earned. Uh, he is actually what he was my personal choice as well for best writer. Uh, he's written things along the line of, of course, Batman, something is killing the children, which is the asset that you're seeing right now. Uh, he wrote wind department of truth. And he also launched a new horror magazine, uh, titled razor blades, razor blades. I'm sorry. That sold out, uh, in physical copies, I believe over 2000 orders on day one. Um, I know that specifically cause I'm incredibly salty that I didn't get one. Um, <laughs> I'm still very upset, but I did get it digitally and it is wonderful. Um, now, Amy, you did read a couple of, of his books. It's funny. I know you didn't delve too much into Department of Truth or any of his Batman stuff, but you did read some of his books. Right. I did I did um, the first couple of issues of Department of Truth. I think I'm going to trade weight oh, right, on that right. series personally, but mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed Something is Killing the Children. I mean, that is one of those books that kind of snuck under the radar that a lot of – for uh, at, at the beginning. At first, yeah. At first. I, I think it's, it's getting the praise it deserves currently, but some people are still not 100% or it's one mm-hmm. of those ones where they're like, I'm hearing a lot about it, but I'm not sure. Uh, but Something is Killing the Children, absolutely fantastic. Right. Uh, deserves all the praise that it's getting. I mean, look how freaking cool uh, the Slaughter family mask is on that cover. And, there's, and so they've quick. gotten – an absolute murderer's row, pun intended, of artists to do the covers for those things. Mm-hmm. I loved the crossover cover it had with Department of Truth. Um, so James Tynan has just been sweeping uh, the stands this year. And a lot of great writers have done totally. multiple books. And that is the thing that you'll notice, actually, our, our best writer, all the nominees had multiple books out this year. But the artists were mostly fixated on one book because of the the demands of creating Right. Uh, a comic book, which is it's a very interesting way to look at the industry, mm-hmm. uh, but just fantastic mm-hmm. stuff. And and um, Tynan has also done some amazing books like Mimetic for Boom Studios, uh, right. which is the the uh, good time chill sloth that like <laughs> drives people insane. That one's such a fun uh, look at viral culture in terms of internet yeah. culture and memes. Yeah, I mean he's 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 done so much, and I I don't. You know, I don't want to toot our own uh, horn here, Amy, but he there is there tends to be a correlation between people we cover on uh, some of our segments and people winning awards, whether now that award may be one within our own show. But still, um, you know, Tynan was our first ever, you know, busy bee of the month or busy bee of the week because he just puts out so much content constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I do personally believe that he absolutely deserved this. Um, and in case everyone's wondering, so we are going to show you all the uh, the photo of who you chose, and then we'll give you each who we personally voted for. Uh, in this particular case, I happen to have voted for uh, Tynan as well. Uh, he was he was my choice because I read nearly everything on there. I read everything that that you know that he's pretty much done this year, with the exception of I'm not caught up on something is killing the children. So, Amy, um, you know, let's ruffle some feathers. Who was your choice? Who did you vote for? Well, I, I think it's safe to say that we both nominated a lot of the people. I mean, all the yeah. all the people on our list were our own nominees. But my personal choice for best writer of the year is Kelly Thompson. Everything she touches is absolute gold. Um, she is, of right. course, known for currently doing Deadpool, Captain Marvel. Uh, she did Jessica Jones previously. She did Sabrina. The T- she's kind of doing did Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm-hmm. Um west coast avengers even though that wasn't this year there was a third title this year that she was doing what can i black widow Um, black widow there we go that's that's right because it did get delayed but then it did Mm -hmm. finally come out but everything kelly thompson does is exceptional quality and when you've got characters like jessica jones captain marvel uh 
even uh, Deadpool and and all these characters, like keeping their voices distinct is yes. is a Herculean feat. But every one of her Marvel characters just represents a complete understanding yeah. of that character's internal voice. But uh, that that is my personal choice. But I mean, she did get a lot of votes. There was a lot of love all across the board for all of our different writers. Oh, um, yeah. So, but I absolutely agree with the audience picking James Tynan. Mm -hmm. That's a, a great choice for the sheer spread and variety of books that he wrote this year. Yeah, and and I know, uh, and we are well aware of how difficult we made it with some of these choices, and that you can only <laughs> pick one. But that's part of the fun. We can't if we let you know someone pick everything, it would it would it would throw off the whole algorithm. But um, yeah, so congrats on our, he's he'll be in the Hall of Fame. I, I like to say like you know like in sports when they hang someone's jersey up in like the rafters. But mm -hmm. I think because we're a comic book show, it's more fun if we put their you know if we hang up the their jersey on a raptor. And just put it on an actual like dinosaur. That sounds like more fun. So where are we gonna get dinosaurs, Paul? I don't know. We'll work we'll, on that. We'll go to management. We've already jumped the shark in year two. Comic Call twenty twenty one. We've got raptors now, I guess. But uh we do need it's to press budget. on. <laughs> We've got uh, lots more categories to cover. So this year we had uh, Best Artist, of course, because mm -hmm. books are 75%, if not more, artwork. Right. Uh, incredible Herculean task of creating up to 22, sometimes 32, sometimes those poor artists who do the 50-page sized issues. I uh, don't know how they do it. I know. So a lot of worthy contenders. But this year you guys decided that your Artist of the Year was Jorge Jimenez for yes. Batman from DC Comics. Yes, uh, Jorge Jimenez honestly was the reason that I jumped back into Batman. Um, I wasn't even fully convinced that I was going to read it when Tynan jumped on board after Tom King. But once I saw that Jorge Jimenez, Jorge Jimenez was going to do interiors and continuing art, I had to pick it up because, I mean, I just loved everything that he's done with Scott Snyder and Justice League. I mean, he's obviously a big DC get. He's a big DC name. Um, as far as I'm, as far as I know, I'm sorry, he hasn't done that many indie books. Um, but I could be very, very wrong about that. But I mean, he's done everything from he did obviously a, most of Batman, uh, Detective Comics, Justice League. Uh, he worked on Punchline, the Robin 80th anniversary that came out. Remember when all those 80th anniversaries were coming out? Like, oh my god! Like once a month or once every week. Those 80 page 80th it's, anniversaries. It was the Joker, and then you had the. You had issue, oh god, yeah, you had Joker, Green Lantern. There's so many. There was a, it was, it was a good year for DC, I'd say. Uh, but he's done Superman Rebirth, and he did a bunch of covers. I don't normally spring for varying covers, but Amy knows there were some of those stock card variants that I was like, whatever. It, it the price is what it is, but I want it. And now they're hanging up in my room. Um, so Jorge Jimenez was who you all chose as the best artist. So we've got some of his art um, right here. That's some uh, interiors that he's I, he did, I believe. That's – oh, man, I didn't look this up, but I think that's – is that Batman 87 or 88? Um, I don't remember the number. I did just pull it from his yeah. Twitter as like a preview. No, no, no problem. But it's, at, it's one of those. Jorge Jimenez art on Twitter yes. if you want to check out. Uh, but yeah, absolutely beautiful. And it's very cool to see also the artist's work without the colorist. Mm -hmm. um, the the coloring can add and change the the depth of the line art. But but it's clear from Jorge Jimenez's line art here that he's just a, a consummate professional. Like just the values yeah. of the light and shadow and the textures going on in this piece. Yeah. Absolutely and fantastic. And 
totally personally, he's such a sweet man. Like all of his commissions, not his commissions, but all of his comps that he gets, he donates everything. He's he's such a nice man too. So, you know, welcome to the Raptors, Jorge Jimenez. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, and for of course, if it wasn't obvious, Jorge Jimenez was also my choice for best artist. I loved everything that he had done this year. Amy, I think Paul was... might have Paul might have rigged the uh, the results what here. Do you mean, might I totally did hundred <laughs> percent. Um, Amy, who was your choice? You're going to make me sound like a dissenter. Um, I'm staying in the DC <laughs> family, but my choice for the artist of the year was Jamal Campbell for his work oh, on our sector. Every so good. single page, every single cover. And it's rare when an artist can make me go, I want the cover that the artist did, not the variant. Because like mm -hmm. sometimes they, when they create their own cover, it's like, oh no, I'll get the variant because I'm going to see their art inside. But uh, Jamal Campbell, right. untouchable, just beautiful, beautiful. Um, and Far Sector is is by far one of my favorite books of the year. Right. Uh, though it is not my choice for later in the list. It we'll is get, not, we'll no. But yeah, Jamal Campbell, um, if, you, if you're not too familiar with his art, definitely go check it out. Go read Far Sector. Uh, it's an incredible book um, that, believe it or not, I am a huge, huge I have Green Lantern fan. I have only gotten to t through two issues of that book. Uh, despite Dude. Andrew Seiko's and Amy's and I think Jazz is reading it. Are you reading it too, Jazz? And Jazz, everyone's saying like, you know, this is an excellent book. I know it's excellent. I just have not read it. But uh, Jamal Campbell's an excellent choice. Yes. Now, speaking of artists and mentioning variants, we're going to take a look on the outside of the book. And we asked you guys, who's your favorite cover artist? Because there <laughs> are some artists who specialize exclusively in covers. You'll recognize names like Kevin Wada and uh, others. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give away the, the nominees, but... Um, this was a another tight race because it is very, very interesting because a lot of times the cover artist will be tied to one series. Sometimes they do a little bit everywhere. And I think that's what put our winner over the edge, kind of doing a little bit for every publisher. Oh, yeah. This year, you guys chose as your our, your best cover artist of 2020, Peach Momoko. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. Where... Where did Peach Momoko come from? Just if I feel like an explosion of amazing artwork throughout this year, um, you will recognize her from any publisher that you read. <laughs> from did, everything. From everything. First of all, did a ton of Marvel, especially with the X of Swords line or Ten of Swords. Oh, I yeah. always do that. Ten of Swords. Mm -hmm. um, DC variant covers, Image, IDW, and she signed a 20 cover deal with Boom Studios that got a lot Insane. of press earlier in the year. Um, she also, no big surprise, was named one of Marvel's Stormbreakers, which was kind of their superstar artist that replaced the Young Guns program uh, mm -hmm. this year. And she will make her writing and interior art debut in, in Marvel Comics in March with Demon Day's X-Men number one. So that's really cool. But just I... There were so many times I went into our local store and just heard people going, yo, you got the Momoko cover. Like that's mm -hmm. I, like people were just specifically like, I need the Peach Momoko cover of whatever's going on. She even did this really co cool cover of uh, King in Black where Null just looks fancy as hell, uh, which is fancy great. As hell. He's, he's a terrifying villain. <laughs> but just if you if you scored even one Peach Momoko variant this yes. year, then consider yourself uh, lucky because these things are are just they're the top. Mm -hmm. They're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, she worked on a real. Uh comic book charcuterie board because she had a bit of every single publisher all over the place i i had actually pulled so let us know in the comments let jazz know if you read any of these titles because peach momoko worked on them you've got punchline dark knight's death metal wind clock 
pour one out for clock. Um, we only find them when they're dead. Something is killing the children, deceased dead planet, black cat, spider woman, and commanders in crisis. Um, those are just some of the titles. Uh, I brought, I brought those up specifically because a lot of those have been covered in some way or form on the comics hall. Um, but she's just, she's done so much and she's one of the people that me and Amy like to say constantly, like, uh, Clayton Cowles, like, when do they sleep? When do any of these human beings sleep? Uh, and all of and none of her work has ever where I'm like, eh, okay. I'm like, if I could buy everything, I would buy every single one of her covers. Uh, if you if you have a moment, look up her Peach Mocha's variant for Clock Number One by Image Comics. It is so weird and it's very different and it's very it's kind of gory in a way. It's very like not her style. It's very opposite of this. Uh, but it's beautiful. It just really shows her range. So that is why, uh, you know, it, it's apparent that all of you chose Peach Pomoko as the best of 2020. So welcome to the Raptors, Peach Pomoko. Um, now you said so, charcuterie board and I've been sitting here trying to think of a pun and the best I could come up with charcuterie bag and board. But that's not funny. I had to say it, though, just in case one person out there is like, that's kind of funny. So if you think that's kind of funny, please validate me. Um, <laughs> now, I don't want to, again, sound like because I maybe I just shouldn't go to Vegas anytime soon. Like I didn't pick any of the winners, but like I completely agree with everybody's choices. My personal favorite cover artist of the year was Russell Dodderman because. Oh, yeah. It totally. is his time to shine with the X-Men books. I mean, this man was born to draw X-Men. I don't know if you've ever seen on his Instagram. Very cute. Uh, he's done some comparison images of the the X-Men from the animated series he drew when he was a child in the 90s versus the X-Men he has drawn professionally for money for Marvel Comics. And it's just like, he, that's his mutant power is drawing X-Men. So he was on Marauders. He was on the Giant Size X-Men books. He was on some uh, Ten of Swords stuff as well. Just Yeah. That and then he did the the whole interiors right for that Jean Grey and the um, storm and, giant and, size. Yeah, I mean, and it was insane. You know, Hickman just let him just run rampant and just do Dodderman things, and it was incredible. Yep. Um. Yep. Yeah, and also it, it sounds like the fix is in, but it's not. But Peach Pomoko was also my vote. <laughs> I promise <laughs> this isn't fixed because the because oh. that, that about does it with like where your opinions and my opinions line up from here on out. I think most of them are different and there's some yeah. surprising ones on the list that we're going to come up with right now. Yeah. We actually have a fun category. I liked this one because it actually makes, it's not a who's the best, but we asked people to kind of consider what they are reading. Our mm -hmm. next category is your top three publishers by how many books you read from them. Not necessarily who's the best of the best, which it does kind of correlate, even though correlation is not causation. If you're reading more <laughs> books from them, they're probably one of the better ones in your opinion. Uh, yeah. But so we asked you guys, and this one should come as no surprise. The top three in this order were Marvel. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe Marvel got about 81% of the votes Ooh. as people's top uh, reading choice. Uh, then followed by DC with about a 68%. And then Image Comics with about 52% of you. Right. So mm -hmm. that's, I mean, of that's a great kind of that's kind of the standard comics package if you're if you're really mm -hmm. following a lot of stuff right now you're probably reading a marvel a dc and an image so Somewhere, that yeah. was the top three publishers by volume uh mm -hmm. this year of, of what you read totally and um this year you know I, uh so again that was what um you all had voted on and saying what you were all reading um as far as you know so marvel you know more marvel than dc more dc than image and more image than some of the other options so but our answers, um, you know, mine and Amy's answers were different. 
from each other and also different from what you all chose. And I'm sure uh, Jazz's answers were different and everyone's answers are different. But mine personally was um, I actually this is I I did the I did tally it all up. This might be the first year in my life I read more Marvel than I did DC. Wow. By not by a lot, but I definitely read more Marvel. Um, and then DC in a very close second. And then surprisingly, I think, uh, not surprisingly, like if you follow the show, but like if you're just talking shop, was Vault. Me and Amy were kind of tallying up everything. I read a lot of Vault comics this year. Um, and the only reason it beats out Image for me personally is because a lot of the Image titles that I was reading um, were carried over from 2019 or they took a break or I kind of, I was, I was like, I'm going to trade weight. But with Vault, everything that, was the number one it hit and it hit immediately um and i threw it on my pool so for me it was marvel then dc and then vault comics because vault comics should be on your radar yeah so surprisingly uh, and similarly to you my image comics books were really uh i say a snooze but not in a bad way but they in the many of them are on breaks hiatuses some of a lot of them actually have jumped to the format where they will release their full volume in trade so books like crowded i'm not I, I didn't have as much because they're going into trade for their last volume. Uh, but no surprise, Marvel was my number one publisher. Then Boom Studios uh, for books like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Once in Future and all of uh, uh, the We Only Find Them When They're Dead and Seven Secrets, all of those books. And then my third most populous publisher as well was Vault Comics. I had about six different titles from Vault. And as Paul said, all of them were immediate. Yes, this works. This hits. I need it on my pull list. Uh Two of my favorite overall books that I read from this entire year were Vault Comics books, and you guys should definitely check them out if you haven't already. They've just announced their slate of writers and artists for the next year, oh, all the yeah. new talent that they are bringing into the Vault Comics family. Uh, they haven't even announced any of the titles except for like one, which that one is already one of my most anticipated books for the first half of this coming year. Mm -hmm. But the sheer amount of talent that they have they're set to introduce this coming year is definitely makes them worth a look and they are not as numerous of titles as marvel and dc are uh but to have those smaller independent publishers still rank pretty highly in terms of how many yeah. of their books you're pulling is 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 pretty cool mm -hmm. yeah it, it's awesome um we here on the comics hall we definitely love to we me and Amy read a gross amount of the big two, of course. We read it like, you know, if it's on the rack at it's one point. It's our soap operas. Like... <laughs> exactly. We love it. But there's nothing like finding – I was going to mention a book, but uh, oh, I can say like The Autumnal. The Autumnal is not yeah. really going to make it into the show, but The Autumnal by Vault is a book that, you know, we were both like, oh, I heard it's really good. And then you read it and it's incredible. And it just brings more buzz to a, uh, a publisher like Vault, who deserves all that buzz, which puts money in their pocket, which allows them to keep creating this content that we love. And um, so, I mean, there is something about just finding a really, really good indie book that is, I think it feels more, more personal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of what happened this year with Vault for me is like everything that Vault did, it, it touched a corner of my interest somewhere. Oh, am I am I is my camera going crazy? It sure <laughs> just, is. Just a little bit. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Paul is becoming one with the multiverse. I sure am. Yeah, give me one second, everyone. Sorry. But um Emily, well, oh, I'm, it's still going nuts here. Let me see if I can switch the background. <laughs> no, it's not helping. 
All right. No worries. While you sort that out, I, yes, everything that you've said, just the, the, and that's something that I think if people are scared to jump in to independent comics from the big two, um, that is one of those things that it's like, you're not sure because you, you know, Deadpool, you know, Superman, it's a little less personal. It's more of a community experience. Um, and there's, there's so, like, you can pick and choose the parts of Canon that you enjoy. However, when you find an independent series that works for you, it, it feels so special. It just feels like you're like, yes, it's just me and these characters and anyone else who's reading the book. But it is really a lot more intimate, if that's a word for it. Uh, kind of sounds weird, but it is a it's a much smaller reading experience because it's just you and that independent series. There's no millions and millions and millions of backstories. And there's no Frank Miller's version of the autumnal and Jason Aaron's version of the autumnal. It's, it's just you and the one story that's being told right then and there. Right. <laughs> I second <Agreed>. that. <laughs> I uh, I was exactly. like, you know what? Whatever Amy's about to say is going to be incredibly profound. Let's give her her own square. <laughs> <laughs> and here I was going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, just spinning my wheels talking about how much I love uh, these. Talking about airplane food. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> now, however, our next category was something that is entirely unique to the big two uh, mm-hmm. because of the intimacy of independent comics. They don't often have big crossover events, right. except for crossover. We're Donny Cates. Thanks for making that difficult for us. But uh, in terms of big two, we wanted to know what your guys' favorite event was. Cause you know, a lot of people do get event fatigue. Um, there's, there's always events every year, multiple numerous mm-hmm. events. Um, and a couple of the events got thrown off kilter this year by the publishing schedule, but there still were a lot of great stories to read, whether or not you were following every tie-in or just the main event books. So we did ask you guys what your favorite event was, and you guys decided by an overwhelming vote that Ten of Swords is your favorite comic book event of the year. Just to remind right. you guys some of the other books that were there this year, there was Empire, there was Justice League in this winter, there was all the death metal that was going on, mm-hmm. there was the Joker War Um I feel, and then we had the the beginning, the very beginning of King in Black, but I think it's a little too early in the game yeah. to really make a full statement on that. But we had the start to finish of Ten of Swords, which was a twenty two issue crossover, very ambitious of Marvel. I do appreciate that they put a lot of kind of reading guides and and checklists in their books for this, but just a really fun continuation of uh, Jonathan Hickman's X Men, bridging the gap between Dawn of X and what is to come, Reign of X, mm-hmm. with the creative stylings of one of my favorite writers, Teeny Howard, who has been dutifully working on the Excalibur book, which Excalibur is my favorite X-Men team of all time. Just the classic <laughs> Claremont stuff. Just like, yes. So seeing Excalibur <laughs> have a, a kind of new heyday is really cool. Um, but Ten of Swords, based on the title, was inspired by the tarot deck. There was a lot of fun storytelling related to the major mm-hmm. and minor arcana. Um, and this was the story of Krakoa, and the nations Arako and Okara and their battle with Otherworld and all just the mutant history and dealing with the more magical side of because a lot of uh, a lot of mutant culture clashes with magic. And so just pitting uh, these mutant nations against one another in a very ultimately fun and kind of whimsical uh, Arthurian style battle uh, that has serious ramifications for the yeah. X-Men going forward. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. And I thought um... – so that was a, a crossover that I'm I'm going to catch up on for sure because I was just like, I can't read every single thing. And then we've even come on here, Amy, and said like, no way are we going to read everything. And then Amy read almost everything. <laughs> but most importantly to note, I regret not reading everything. I When we got to the second half right. of the – the first half of the event, 
admittedly, I didn't read every single issue about how every champion found their swords. Mm-hmm. But the second half of the event from issue 11 to 22, you got to read all of them. First yeah. of all, they've got all the fun, like random champion battles that they've decided and some of them are as wild as like having a wedding and getting drunk together and arm wrestling it's like so that's really fun and i missed a couple of those and i regretted mm. so i had to go back and look for the um the missing issues right because that it's it's really worth a full read you can't you can't half-ass ten of swords you cannot you got a whole asset like yes. you should everything so yes. um the i'd say with ten of swords i i was just coming off event fatigue because i remember i had just read everything empire um and i was like i have got to stop and in the meantime i was also reading dark knight's death metal um and i was like oh and i'm gonna read endless winter which i didn't end up reading but um i i one whole you know 100 see why ten of swords was chosen i also think it is the culmination of a lot of you know time and you know money that people put into uh hickman when he's when he started you know when he restarted the the X-Men line. So it, it totally makes sense why it was not only so successful, you know, on the publisher side, but also why people loved it so much. But mm-hmm. to no surprise, my personal pick was, is right behind me. It is Dark Knight's Death Metal, which just ended today. Um, and it is leading into Future State. But I just, I I have such a soft spot for not only DC, but anything Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo do. So when they came back for a sequel, to uh metal i i was i was completely on board i read there's nothing that i missed with this all of the road to it everything um so it was sort of it would feel like sacrilege if i had picked anything else honestly <laughs> <laughs> well for once in, in in a while um actually my vote was 10 of swords as well so. <laughs> yes it was yes, so it was. <laughs> i'm just saying so it's not all me here people <laughs> all, all right, right. Paul, do you want to introduce our next category? Yeah, so this is one of the ones where not invalidating anything, but me and Amy were definitely surprised at the results of what was the best new series. So as voted by all of you, it is Wolverine. So Wolverine from the um the new the new Hickman verse, and that's uh Benjamin Percy, uh Victor Bogdanovich worked on it. Um I mean, all a whole slew of, of of different artists, and oh, and Andy Kubert, of course. Sorry, Andy Kubert, <laughs> I forgot. But I I think me and Amy were a little not again. It sounds negative, but I don't mean to be negative. It's just there were so many new series that it being Wolverine maybe is just it's familiar to people. And yeah, but this, I I would say. It was Wolverine in a new capacity, given the fact, as we mentioned with Ten of Swords, the groundwork that Hickman has laid for the X-Men. And I will I will fully admit that before the Hawkspox summer, um, I wasn't following X-Men. The continuity was so difficult to follow. But there was there was great work uh, with all-new Wolverine for Laura Kinney. And we knew that there was death of Wolverine because Logan was MIA. Mm-hmm. And there have been so many different threads with the characters and a lot of the X-Men stuff kind of felt a little disparate. I know that Marvel kept it as best they could as one whole line, but with the way that Hickman kind of wiped the slate, introducing then a a place where all the new X-Men story writers have Mm -hmm. a real cool uh, and interesting and unique uh, 
kind of chamber of of experimentation in Krakoa, yeah. uh, introducing Wolverine and showing his place in this new mutant nation where so many of his friends and allies are the uh, the quiet council and the leaders of this new sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wolverine kind of isn't all about that uh, pageantry. Yeah. And I mean, even what we saw of him in Ten of Swords uh, and, and I actually because it did cross over with Wolverine. So I really enjoyed those aspects of it. Just his kind of determination to be the gruff, rough and tumble guy he is with the politics behind the new X-Men stuff. It's just really interesting. Yeah. I can see why people would be be interested to see this new take and new exploration and perspective for mm-hmm. a character who everybody's pretty sure that they've got a, a pretty strong grip on in yeah. terms of like, yeah, I know Wolverine. Like there's what, what can you really show? And then you, put Krakoa in the mix and, and mm-hmm. it's a totally different experience. Yeah. And this was a book that I definitely, and I read and I'm still reading. Um, the only one I haven't read is I believe the one or two issues that have tied into uh, Ten of Swords because I'm just, I'm not caught up and I don't want to spoil that for myself, <laughs> but I am not someone who read, who read X-Men previously to Hickman. I didn't really think about X-Men. I definitely didn't read Wolverine, but like Amy said, I had a grasp, like I know who he is. I know his backstory and I know enough to, you know, in passing to, to get away with saying like, Oh yeah, I love Wolverine. But mm-hmm. um, you know, Percy and Kubert and Bogdanovich, the whole team, they really did an excellent job of s- sort of making it as true a number one as you can get with Wolverine because Wolverine has um, all, you know, just to be completely honest, a, an intimidating backlog and lore. There's just so much to Wolverine that ties into so many other stories that it can really be a deterrent to people who are trying to get in. Um, and this team did an excellent job for people like me and hopefully people like you, because you voted for it, that it it felt like this book is, is incredibly refreshing and it's a good jumping on point for everyone. Because uh, again, Wolverine is incredibly complex and he's got a lot of room, you know, to grow as a character, but it's still just, it's incredibly intimidating to jump on. Um, and you can definitely tell that Percy and Kubert and Bogdanovich, Kubert and, and Bogdanovich being the artists, uh, have been waiting for their chance to tell this story for a long time because they definitely, um, you know, nip loose a lot of threads that uh, they are 100% waiting to sort of re-unravel later on. And uh, it's it's just nice to be able to jump on to a character with such a story tradition and be like, okay, I'm caught up. Like this is my definitive version of Wolverine, which I know some people is going to be a big slap in the face, but it's just my, <laughs> it's just my comic book Wolverine right now. Yeah. Now I, I know we didn't necessarily specify, but just in case people weren't uh, clear new series, the number one had to drop in 2020. And, and this was actually a series I thought started in 2019. So it surprised me just by the sheer fact I was like, oh yeah, that was last year. Cause I lost track of the calendar. Cause it, I believe it was February kind of before the publishing halted mm. in March. And then uh, some of the schedules got thrown off. So right. the, the book release schedule did go a little helter skelter. Personally, yeah. my favorite new series of uh, last year was finger guns from vault comics. The autumnal's up there too, but the autumnal's not finished. And I, I know I love it so much and I need it to be a complete story and it's going to end in 2021. Uh, but finger guns, one through five, just a complete story with a surprising amount of emotional depth. The premise was so simple from the onset, but the the character work, um, just everything about that book, uh, and that was Justin Richards and uh, Val Halverson, Rebecca Nolte, just a 
beautiful little story, uh, a true example of what happens when a publisher identifies a story that'll work and just lets the team go loose on it. And right. Finger Guns was just, it was so surprisingly full of heart and I just loved it. And I hope that it gets a second volume if the trade sales are good enough. Uh, so if you're curious about it, I highly recommend you can get volume one oh, yeah, uh, at your local comic store. Now it does tell a complete story, but the, uh, the ending will leave you wanting more. So fingers, cr- fingers crossed that we get a finger guns volume two at some point. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's a great book. Um, so my choice also for this is another independent book by Image Comics, um, which you've probably heard me gush over, is That Texas Blood by um, by Chris Condon and, and Sean Phillips. I oh God, I can't say enough about this book. I love it so much. It's such a a small, uh, such a small town book by people who know the lay of the land. They know Texas and they they just get the voice. It's just the best way that I can explain it is they just get the voice without pandering. They don't, you know, they're not hitting on too many cliches. And the story is just even now, I mean, I'm seven issues in, they they're on break until March, but they, it it never feels like, even though it's a slow, small town book, it never, uh, ever feels like it is, you know, you're missing a beat. It's just, it's so good. Um, the art is incredible. There's some incredible dramatic landscape, it, you know, within Texas. It exists, I promise. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just absolutely beautiful. And um, not to mention, they also did something that I love, which uh, I know a- Amy had said um, has happened, I believe, on a Hawkeye book, but uh, they had a almost every week or every two issues, there was a playlist that they put on Spotify for you to listen to while reading the comic. Uh, and it was incredible. I just loved everything about it. Um, Sean Phillips and Chris Condon on Twitter are also just the nicest people. You know, they just, they're so grateful that anyone is reading their book and I totally get it. Like I would be the same way, um, but it's an incredible book. They're by an incredible team. So that Texas blood was my favorite new series uh, if i could have covered it every week i would have but i didn't want to do that to everyone <laughs> um to clarify yes matt fraction on his his right, seminal hawkeye run was the one who provided uh recommended listening now on the flip side of new series we had the continuing series uh which is a series that launched before 2020 it could have been as early as 2019 mm-hmm. it could have been even longer than that uh so and some of these continuing series have been going on a lot longer than i remember them i guess my perception of oh, comic yeah. book time is skewed when you've got new books every wednesday you just kind of lose track of everything uh but <laughs> lots of great contenders of course some eisner winners and nominees on the list uh but you guys yeah. ultimately chose batman as your favorite continuing series and paul yes. has a little bit of insight as to why the heck batman had such a big year this year oh yeah totally okay so Batman, I think, is a character that is always – or Batman, I should say, you know, the core title of Batman is always its best and worst enemy in that it – if you are up to date on the continuity of Batman, you know, you love most of it. Like if you love Batman, you were already reading it. But I'll be honest, when I didn't read – um any Batman until I knew Tynan and uh Jorge Jimenez, who is – in our rapt who is hanging out with our raptors right now um for best artists once i knew they were picking it up i had to pick the book up the reason being is because james tynan is of the mind that there are so many incredible characters in batman's rogues gallery i mean so many that like i think 
unfortunately, if you're like, oh, the Joker's my favorite, people are like, well, actually, I'll tell you why there are so many better people. And I get that, you know, with Tom King and with a lot of what artists like to do is they definitely like to make the Joker Batman shadow, which is in, which is great. That has led to so many awesome stories. But there is such thing as Joker fatigue. Like, I get it. And that's where I was at with Batman. And so to see, right, when, I, mean, I sound like a hypocrite because the first thing that Tynan did is the Joker war. But the reason that he did that is because I think that was uh, James Tynan the fourth send off for Joker, who he loves, I imagine, immensely. But he, he says he had see, there are so many other people in the rogues gallery that he had said, I'm going to focus on them solely. And not only that, did not only did Tynan and Jimenez and Gillian Marge make Batman, you know, incredibly accessible for people who didn't read all of the other 85 books, but um, they also introduced new characters for a new age of Batman. You know, you're talking Punchline, who was incredibly successful, uh, Ghostmaker, who is going to be a big part of 2021, and of course, Clown Hunter. So whether or not you enjoy them or not someone did and those are new characters that someone is going to enjoy like those are going to be some of their definitive you know batman villains and it's just nice to see writers take a chance in the lore of a character that is so established batman i mean is beyond established with its rogues gallery um so to see someone really come in and create new characters it it to pose you know it, it just you write yourself in a corner, but in the right way, because you have to create the villain and then they have to pose a threat to Batman in a completely new way. It can't just be a carbon copy of someone that exists. So um, again, uh, I could talk about Batman all day. I loved it so much. It was a great, it was a great arc. It's uh, I read, I mean, I didn't, I didn't miss anything that Tynan and Jimenez um, had done, but surprisingly, it was not what I voted for for best continuing series. And also it wasn't Amy's, but our choices did line up, didn't they? Yeah, I think you you and I had the same. Sure like, did. really? They didn't pick? Uh, yeah. So our choice for best continuing series, both Paul and myself voted uh, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil oh, with Marvel Comics. So good. With a rotating cast of artists, but of course, most notably, uh, Mar Marco Cicchetto. Mm -hmm. uh, just amazing book going on over there that capped off its year with a bonkers issue that drove the speculators crazy yes i'm talking about number 25 once again <laughs> once again, uh, <laughs> once again. But no i'm just i've just been so, so surprised consistently at the dramatic quality of that series and i've never followed a daredevil book as closely um where sometimes i'll jump in for for an arc and then go okay this isn't really my thing how many times can we play out the uh catholic guilt and the right identity <laughs> crisis and the just the how much he needs to protect couple square blocks of new york but just the way that zadarsky has elevated the intrigue i he's so expertly woven electra into his story and of course mm -hmm. now in the late game he's like haha this was a story about electra or it's going to be a story about electra now for a little while um just the amazing uh yeah just the dramatic quality and and the fact that it doesn't feel like any other daredevil story that's been told before and the yeah. the guts it takes to sideline your main character <laughs> thor can result in some amazing, amazing storytelling. And I think that's what made me most excited at the end of last year to go, oh my God, okay, I'm mm -hmm. now I'm I'm stuck with this book until it until it dies. Like this is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I second everything that Amy says. It's it's why we love this book. But but also it's 
it takes someone like Chip Zdarsky to stand like to stand in the shadow of I mean think about all of the incredible people that have written Daredevil I mean just to name a few Frank Miller uh Brubaker you know Mark Wade some incredible writers and say that I'm going to do something completely different put your own complete stamp on it like someone like is like Zdarsky was made for this book I feel um in 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 certain regards so I mean we could we could rant on Daredevil literally all day because it's it's such a great book but yeah I mean really everything Amy said times two yeah and and I never want to you never want to make judgments on a writer based on what they've written previously but it's the fact that it's Daredevil by the man who brought you Howard the Duck like it's just (laughs) wow just so good so uh, our last category that you guys voted in, again, we're closing the pages and we're going to the screen. Uh, we had the best adapted media. And now this included actually a wide category of, or a wide range of, of different media. So this included some of the video game releases we saw this year, like Miles, Mori- bleh, Miles Morales, excuse me, and The Avengers on PlayStation 4. Uh, and then it also included films, <laughs> what few films we had, like right. uh, Prey, <laughs> and then uh, television series. That was kind of the bread and butter of this last year. And no surprise, or maybe a surprise to you, uh, you guys voted The Boys Season 2 as the best uh, adapted media this year. A lot of sophomore seasons, actually, for a number of shows. And so yeah. it was kind of a battle of the second outings. We had Doom Patrol Season 2. We had Harley Quinn Season 2. We had mm-hmm. The Boys Season 2. But you guys decided. And, I mean, critics absolutely agree. It had a 97% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It was the ultra-violent secondary outing of this superhero show that is so unlike other superhero shows because it was written by a guy who hates superheroes it is of course adapted from the comic of the same name by garth ennis and Derek robertson published through both dc and wildstorm uh and i mean i i personally have not seen it because i am still working through doom patrol and i can only do so many shows (laughs) at one time uh but i i am very excited to get to it eventually i know a lot about the series um it has some cool superhero alumni in it as well i love that aaron moriarty gets to play starlight after being a fantastic character but a victim nonetheless in jessica jones uh just seeing all these people uh carl urban taking it from thor ragnarok uh (laughs) billy butcher like so great and it did get nominated for a slew of awards in the Mm -hmm. first critics choice super awards which was more focused on genre fiction they made a specific set of awards nominations and so the boys season two was nominated for best superhero series best actor in a superhero series best actress in a superhero series best villain as well so it's just a lot of of great i mean you guys love to hate these guys this is the seven of course um and it's fun because they're all such they're pastiches they've used the satire element to to speak to the current uh world climate uh but through the lens of these characters that we idolize or the idea of a superhero that we idolize not i would not idolize a single one of these guys uh i know yeah, I know what they do in comic books, but just a, a fantastic series. So it's well worth a watch. Um, mm-hmm. I will eventually get to this season. Uh, but my personal choice was the Harley Quinn animated series, uh, which we did note actually was less accessible for people. Uh, yeah. the, the Boys is available on Amazon Prime Video, which a lot of people have subscribed to. But some of the shows we nominated were on DC Universe, and we were very privileged to have access to DC Universe uh, mm-hmm. this year, and that is now transitioning into DC Universe Infinite with many of the shows going off to HBO Max. But 
the boys feels accessible to people who either love superheroes still a lot and, and maybe have read those comics or don't really know anything about the worlds of DC and Marvel with the extensive backstories. Because again, it always comes down to the extensive backstories. Harley Quinn though, felt like just a buffet table of rewards for longtime comic book uh, deep dive geeks. Right. And, and even if not, if you love that kind of crude humor that it presented, it was great, but it just felt so specific, but also that's why I loved it the most. 100%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Harley Quinn animated season two is also my choice. It's just, uh, I, I looked forward to every, I think it was Friday, every single yep. Friday that it came out. I didn't miss an episode and I actually went back and rewatched everything again because it is so good. Um, and it is nice to see a lot of the characters again that, you know, are taken so seriously in DC comics continuity sort of turned on their head and nerfed. For if I can, <laughs> the ones who are taken seriously, but then there's also Condiment King and Kite Man. <laughs> right, they're to be taken seriously, Amy. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I love. I'm not. sorry, I loved Kite Man. He was just so he, he's incredible. Oh, he's so um, so great. That show for the best has forever changed my my view of Clayface. So um, I'll yeah. never ever not read a Batman book and not read it uh in alan tudyk's voice so yep they that's that's an accomplishment in and of itself hashtag cop squad now <laughs> we do have one regular segment you guys might recognize this week nice. we have the hauler at the hall but we asked you guys to do all of this voting for us you practically did our whole show for us so we don't have a new we don't have question answers to read question answers we don't have answers to read for you guys this week but we do have mm -hmm. questions which actually uh lauren lopez on youtube asked us just a perfect segue love mm -hmm. love when Thing, love when a plan comes together what are you guys us amy and paul most looking forward to reading in 2021 so paul and i will answer but then we ask you the same question we want to know what are your most anticipated book releases of 2021 so far if you'll note uh yes. most series most publishers have only solicited up through march but still that is a ton of stuff coming up mm -hmm. um I'm going to keep it brief. There are so many books that I am excited about, and I just added all of them to my poll via the Comic Hub app because they updated uh, nice. at the beginning of January to get the March books in there. Um, first of all, we've got Mariko Tamaki and Guri Hiru taking on Loki and Thor Double Trouble for Marvel, and that's going to be a mini-series about the brothers body swapping, uh, and that's going to be adorable, and I freaking love it. And in that same vein, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is doing Beta Ray Bill. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Awesome. So excited. And then for the independent uh, series, as we mentioned earlier, Vault Comics, strong out the gate. They've announced their series, Witch Blood, which is a little bit like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Sons of Anarchy. It's got uh, a witch on a road trip cross country as uh, she's being chased uh, by vampires and, and such. And there's just like the fun supernatural. We got a witch on a bike. Um, Tons of great art has already been previewed for that. So you can check that out um, on the Vault Comics Twitter just if you are getting excited about that. But those are my top three. Like, oh, I can't wait for March. It needs to come <laughs> sooner. Those are going to be great books. Oh, yeah. Um, so really quickly, I've got like so two Batman books. I'm looking forward to Batman 106, which is going to kick off a hopefully year-long event that deals with Scarecrow, who is one of my favorite villains, um, and that is by James Tynan and Gillian March and Jorge Menez. That whole team is coming back. Also, Generation, I'm um, not Generation Shattered. I'm sorry, uh, Batman, Urban Legend, being headed by uh, also Chip Zdarsky is as well as is doing um, 
some stories there uh, that it's going to be like a uh, anthology type Batman story, but on the indie side, um, I am looking forward to Noctera by um, by Scott Snyder and uh, Tony S. Daniel. Of course, I mean it's it's from Black Jacket Press. His his new line. I've put a lot of money into that. Well, not not a lot. I'm not you know drowning in comic book dollars, but I put money into that. <laughs> And, uh, on Kickstarter, and I am very <laughs> yes. If I didn't blow out everyone's ears, I would do it right now. But um, <laughs> so I'm very excited for that. Uh, Carmen number one by Dan Christensen and Gilliam March over on Image. I'm also really, really looking forward, of course, to that Texas Blood picking back up in uh, the third week of February. So there's a lot to look forward to, and then uh, I should be caught up and be able to read King and Black by the time March rolls around. So I'm really, really ready to dig in. <laughs> It'll still be going. They've got uh, yes, a couple, couple more one-shots coming out that month. So yeah, you guys can check out all the uh, solicited publishings from all your favorite publishers through January, February, and March. Get excited. Uh, but there is so much more of the year left to be revealed uh, from these publishers, and we will continue to bring you guys all the weekly comic book news when you guys join us next week on January 13th at our usual time, 4 p.m. Pacific, if you're watching live. and thursday the following uh that'll be the 14th on our uh, podcasting platforms we're gonna be back to form we're, we're gonna have our aims for you pick of the week all those cool stuff um i'm probably gonna cover a couple of the books from this week because we definitely yeah. don't want to miss out on eternals and some of those future state books mm -hmm. um but just a lot of great stuff so before we leave you remember our new hauler at the hall question will go up in the facebook group and let your geek side show but what is your most anticipated book release of 2021? Take some time to check out those solicits if you haven't already and let us know. We yep. will also be posting a new panel of the week. We're going to get that going again because Paul and I have a rivalry to continue. So you can look for that once again in our Facebook group uh, sometime between uh, now and the next show. Mm -hmm. um, and beyond that, we are so excited to have you guys back. Thank you so much for joining us. If you participated in the poll, your votes helped us put together this show. And if you guys yes. missed out on that, we've got plenty of polls and things for you to vote on coming up in the future. Um, just thank you for sticking with us. We are so excited and optimistic about the the comics that this year is going to bring. Mm -hmm. um, and don't forget, we have a giveaway going on on our Instagram channel. Oh, yeah. You can find us on social at the Comics Hall at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But specifically, if you want to enter to win that Daredevil Shadowlands six scale figure, uh, you can check that out on our Instagram. And you can always email us at the Comics Hall at sideshow.com. Mm -hmm. I think that's everything that we that, usually say. It's like getting back on the bike. I we know. know how to do this. Try it's not like, to fall like, off the bike. Just like reading a bike. <laughs> never, you never forget. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. All right. Well, once again, we will see you guys next Wednesday, January 13th at 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And this has been the Comics Hall. Doo -doo, Thanks, doo -doo, doo -doo, doo -doo. This has been the Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to let your geek sideshow. show.